you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. The Around the NFL Podcast. Can't play the guitar. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Connor Orr, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. <laughs> Connor's first, uh, first time you're part of the intro, and... <laughs> And I hope you take it uh, with, with a sign of accomplishment the way Lindsay Rhodes did last week when we included her in the intro. She felt like she was one of the gang, finally. And uh, now you are when it comes to Studio 66. Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, whatever whatever you want, Dan. You know, I'm here to make you happy. Whoa. You know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little, little, little fresh there. But <laughs> I think after what happened with um, the show um, – on Monday, when Connor was here, Wes, the first show, uh, he he talked a little bit about horrible movies. Oh, I heard. Yeah. And uh, did, did you have any thoughts about horrible movies? I do have thoughts. Yeah, I, let's hear them. I disagree with everything Connor said, and I thought he hit a grand slam with his segment. I just thought it was... Well uh, put. It was entertaining and amusing, and knowing Connor, I knew exactly what he was trying to do, and I thought he pulled it off. Well, not everyone felt the same way as Wes. <laughs> uh, you know, the Reddit board. And by the way, if you are a fan of this podcast, make sure you get sign up on the Around the NFL podcast uh, subreddit. Uh, here are just a couple of comments that I saw. Connor Orr is my private dancer of dissatisfaction. <laughs> which I like. It's a uh, great comment. <laughs> Connor is a goddamn cultural wasteland, and I love it. <laughs> That's my sentiments exactly. So it's that kind of stuff. So you know, it was much. It, there were 
some DNA strands, some connective tissue with Spice Rack where mm. it was very hot and cold with how the audience – and I know you struggled a little bit with that, uh, Connor, knowing that much criticism coming your way. Yeah, it ended up being hard for me, you know. I, I really – you know, my goal at the end of the day is to connect with people, and, and I feel like I failed. And people that maybe didn't check out the show on Monday, shame on you, but uh, Connor took some shots at some of the best movies in the history of uh, the silver screen – uh, and and Connor, he he came to me and we had a, a private conversation. You wanted to address all the criticism that you've received, uh, so why don't you do that? All right, uh, yeah, I just prepared a brief statement. So, <laughs> okay, actually, who are you, Doug Whaley? <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, here we go. Brief statement from Connor Orr. to the listeners of the Around the NFL podcast. Wow, what have I done? After listening back to my words from Monday, I realized just how wrong I was. I completely underestimated how many people like dumb movies. Oh, no. And how, <laughs> and how many of you would be crying about it the next day. I should have chosen a more deft way to inform you that a majority of the best movies of all time are stupid and get quickly replaced by better, funnier movies. Imagine if films were medicine. People used to decapitate themselves when they had headaches, and now we have Tylenol. I don't think anyone longs for the days of manual decapitation, which is how I felt when I was watching Citizen Kane. Jeez. I should have realized that I was not in the company of fellow radicals. Love, Connor. Thank you. I mean, it's very big of you to come through with that kind of apology. I don't know. I don't know where you're coming from, and in terms of were you trying to actually throw out. Put the olive branch out, but I don't know if it's going to work out for you. Uh, well, it's a, you said from the heart, so I kind of <laughs> dug in there, and, and that's what I came out God, with. In the, in the immortal words of uh, Kanye West, Connor, I think you should keep these words in your mouth. Everybody got to say something. I'd be worried if they said nothing. Mm. Ooh. You got the people talking. <laughs> You're doing something right. That's absolutely true. Listen, embrace the debate. That's the way I look at things. That's the model I like for sports. <laughs> Uh, this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by no one. Connor is sitting in for one last show. He's on a plane tomorrow morning. So we're going to make sure uh, we enjoy every second with the prodigal son from New Jersey um, a little later in the show. And I am so excited about this. Uh, we are going to have our first ever Or You Kidding Me Live edition. Maro. With a special guest. We can say that, right? little tease. Maybe. I can barely contain my excitement. This yeah. Is. You got a lot of stuff cooking in that brain of yours that you want to get off your, your chest. It's important that you do. So we'll do that a little maybe at the end of the show. We'll also talk about um, Gil Brandt, the godfather of the, the Dallas Cowboys Dallas 1970s Cowboys. dynasty. Hmm. Yes, former general manager. The architect. Architect. Uh, him and Tom Landry, hand-in-hand for decades, worked together. Uh, Gil now is a, uh, a writer and an analyst uh, for NFL.com, and he wrote uh, a piece recently, Building the Perfect Quarterback, in which he took different elements and skill sets from today's best passers to make uh, what he finds to be the perfect quarterback. So we'll take a look at what, what Gil came up with, see if we agree, disagree, and then maybe – uh, we'll take it and we'll kind of turn it upside down mm. and uh, create the anti-franchise star, uh, a Frankenstein monster, if you will, of the exact quarterback you would not like to have. <laughs> that will be fun. Uh, but before we do any of that, we go behind the glass. What's up, Irishman? I'm just excited for 
you know, our segment later. I just can't wait for it. Yeah. I mean, we we test, buzz. We test ran it earlier, and it it was great between us. Well, it'll go it'll go terribly when we do it. And that's uh, why it's going to be. That's why it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's do some news, buddy. Seinfeld sucks too. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right, we'll start with uh, some tight end injury news. Uh, OTAs are, are underway for many of the teams in the NFL, almost every team, in fact. Um, and yet, the Cincinnati Bengals cannot be happy because Tyler Eifert, who injured his foot in the Pro Bowl, late in the Pro Bowl, um, is now uh, going to be out for a significant period of time after he had to undergo surgery on Tuesday uh, to repair uh, the ankle. It was an ankle injury, actually. Uh, it was described as a, quote, minimal procedure by the Cincinnati uh, Inquirer. But here's the thing. He's going to likely begin training camp on the pup list, uh, according to Rap Sheet. And his status for week one, against the Jets, by the way, is in some level of doubt. So, you know. And by the way, everybody have fun when the Pro Bowl's in Orlando and realize <laughs> that you could get an injury that negatively impacts your career. Chris Wesley. Can't imagine missing actual NFL time due to a Pro Bowl injury. It's crazy. In a contract year. Like, he's supposed – he mm. literally right now is up for a contract. They said they were going to try to take care of him this offseason, and now it's a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. He'll be a walking billboard, don't ever play in the Pro Bowl. And there wasn't a guy down there who was a better ambassador for the game. Like, we when we were down there, there was an event with the troops. You were and, in Hawaii. Yeah, when I was down in Hawaii. And Humble he was, going around to all the soldiers and getting the soldiers yeah. to sign autographs for him and, like, just to total ambassador for the Pro Bowl. And, and how does karma treat an American hero like that? They bang out his ankle. Not good. Uh, 13th <laughs> touchdowns last year for the six foot six Eifert, uh, just 25 years old. So if he can have anything close to what he did last season, he's going to cash in in a big way. But now there's some, you know, clouds around that and – it was a Pro Bowl injury. Well, and a couple of thoughts just quickly on it. Think about what Andy Dalton, Dalton's lost this offseason. Hugh Jackson, Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu. So you have a new coordinator. You're going to be working in Tyler Boyd, a rookie, and you're going to be working in Brandon LaFell, and, and now you don't have Eifert there. It sounds like for the beginning of the season. And I know yeah. Bad news. Fantasy. You're going to want to play the Bengals early in the season. Yep. Uh, and fantasy nerds are going to be excited because that means A.J. Green will have approximately 900 targets this season. It's all in play. In other tight end news, Ladarius Green, the former Chargers tight end, now with the Steelers. A lot of people think that he is, including people in this room, a big potential breakout con uh, breakout candidate in uh, Pittsburgh's offense. He is also recovering from ankle surgery. This was an injury that kind of nagged him into the second half of the season. Uh, you know, this has been a uh, surgery that happened some time ago, potentially, but uh, he's in the recovery stage. Hopefully this isn't something that lingers with him because, again, when you're starting over with a new team, you do not want to be missing installation periods and getting reps with the new teammates and a new quarterback. Uh, hopefully the Darius Green will be back on the field sooner rather than later. They hope he's back by training camp and you lose Martavis Bryant and now you lose the offseason for Darius Green. I, the Steelers, we still all expect them to be one of the best offenses in the AFC, but – how don't, I don't know how many players you can keep losing or miss time with. Well, we think we think the surgery happened in January, which we believe so. I guess is good news. But with these things, you never know what to believe because if if you remember with Eifert, right after the Pro Bowl, they said no this surgery. is not a major injury; it's not surgery. So you, you never quite know right off the bat. 
moving on, uh, you know, the Oakland Raiders are trying to get a new stadium. We were just talking, trying to get a new stadium built. We were just talking a couple of weeks ago about how their current stadium, which they share with the Oakland A's of the uh, Major League Baseball, is such a dump and they have sewage uh, issues like every few weeks. There actually was one again last week. Uh, where the visiting dugout, I know this because the Yankees were in town, uh, flooded, uh, and the, all the all the Yankees had to go wait somewhere else. I mean, that's what we're talking about in Oakland. So you understand why uh, Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, wants a new stadium, and you might understand why he is the son of Al, of course, that he's going to Vegas and meeting with city officials there and getting everyone excited about the idea of the Raiders potentially moving to Vegas if uh, they can't get a new facility in Oakland. It's gotten to the point, guys, where Roger Goodell has to, you know, talk about this in a serious way, and he did just that. Roger Goodell said that any talk of a move to Vegas is, quote, premature, and he discounted most of the uh, rumors uh, as speculation during a news conference at the Spring League meeting in Charlotte. Uh, He also said that uh, the Las Vegas market would have to be considered, quote, from a gambling standpoint. So we all know that there are hurdles here, Greg. Uh, and Goodell, now that it's becoming more and more a real idea, uh, struck out struck out on some of them today. Well, yesterday. he just recognized that it's early, but at the same time as Goodell saying that, probably the most powerful owner in the league, Jerry Jones, was saying how it's a real American city and it's the type of city and it's the type of spectacle that the NFL wants to be associated Robert with. Robert Kraft got behind it too when uh, Judy Batista spoke with him in the hallway. Right, so so it's got it's got some real support and it also has Mark Davis saying look all they have to do is deliver and we're coming he, he also had this this was my favorite quote of the day uh from Mark Davis it's a virgin market so to speak <laughs> which is a funny way to describe Las Vegas because <laughs> Vegas Actual has a lot club. of <laughs> but sex more than 80 percent of NFL teams play their games within an hour drive of a casino so this is not you know, insane. Vegas isn't just a casino. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, but it's, it's not a casino. Yeah, but it's but, sport, yeah. sports gambling is different. Yeah. But the London thing and, and Goodell even said that they've evolved some on gambling. I mean, they play they play the games in London. Dante Stallworth had some interesting comments on Twitter today, starting with if the Raiders or any professional team, for that matter, move to Las Vegas, they will lose every game, <laughs> every last one. <laughs> That's not the first. He's not the first one to have that sentiment. I, I remember that was something that uh, people said about if there was ever an M- NBA team in Vegas. And they had an All Star game there once, and it was just an absolute free for all where you know, everyone was partying constantly. I'm sure it affected the um, the uh, quality of play in that game. But I don't know. Do do I really think that the playing in Vegas would lead to these guys having lack of focus? I guess it's possible. I think it's probable. I yeah. think a little bit. I always I've always thought that it. That's a little bit of an issue for the Saints. Doesn't mean they can't win or not, but it's maybe if you, it's a couple players on the team that maybe if they were in Green Bay wouldn't be uh, getting into as much trouble as they are in New Orleans or eating as much. Another quote from Stallworth: Take a poll of pro athletes and ask them what city would be the worst to have a pro team in, and I guarantee you the majority will say Las Vegas. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll keep tracking uh, the Raiders and what's next with them. Uh, moving on, and uh, you know what, Brandon, can I get a little clown music for this next Oh, part? no. Because it's like the Buffalo Bills. Like I said last week on the show, a year from now we'll all look back at the Doug Whaley, Rex Ryan era and, and say to ourselves, how did anyone take that? organization seriously let's be honest it is it's always one thing after another the latest here is doug whaley the team's general manager teflon 
Doug, I call him, uh, <laughs> spoke out when asked about uh, Sammy Watkins and the idea, um, Are you uh, is Sammy Watkins an injury-prone guy? Do you have concerns about him? This is what he had to say. I wouldn't say that. Are, are the things going to come up with a guy like this? Uh, we hope that it gets limited in the future, but this is a game of football, and injuries are part of it. It's a violent game that I, I personally don't think humans are supposed to play. And these things are going to come up, but we just we trust in our medical staff. <laughs> general manager, bro. Individual <laughs> football team. Do what they have to do to get back on the I field. I don't need to hear any more of that guy. And then he then released released a statement. Uh, the Bills and I, I don't I couldn't imagine Greg who who asked him to do this, but released a statement on those comments a day later. Clearly, Doug said I use a poor choice of words in my comment yesterday morning as a former player who has the utmost respect and love for the game. The point that I was trying to make is that football is a physical game and injuries are a part of it. Playing football, no doubt is very physically, mentally, and emotionally challenging. And that is all part of what makes the game so compelling to play and watch. And he goes on a little bit more Rex, by the way, as you might imagine, was also asked about this. This was on the same day the statements were made, and Rex had this to say, I can say this. I love the game. I think it's the greatest sport. <laughs> I know it's the greatest sport. It's the greatest game, and we all know how I feel about that. Awkward times at Orchard Park. Can I play the devil's advocate, though, and Go say ahead, that bro. I'm, like, the only person, I think, that, that got what he meant the first time? Oh, like, I did, too. If you, like, I'm with you. If you watch, like, gymnastics or something, like, they'll say the body is not meant to, like, contort in that way. I think that's what he meant. Like, people are not meant to be hit that right. hard. You know? This I mean, I think that wasn't – I don't think it was inflammatory. The things we apologize for in this country just stagger <laughs> the imagination. He meant in the same way that baseball pitchers shouldn't throw overhanded because it's an unnatural human thing. Human beings right. shouldn't run upright. It hurts your it hurts your lower. They should run marathons. There's a lot, and I I'm with you. I I thought this is why we we didn't do this post yesterday. Dan's shaking his head, but as uh, making apologies for this guy, I'm not. I made the decision yesterday that I thought that that this was a story that was getting blown up too much, and even just by writing it with no opinion, I thought was like it was unfair to him because they did know what he meant. He's right. And by the way, every football player, of course, would agree. Of course, the human body's not meant to play football. You have to, when you're one of the uh, most visible public figures for a franchise. Right. It was a part of choice the, of words. That's part of said. the job is you need to express yourself well. And at a time, and this is why, by the way, the statement came out, because I'm sure somebody over on Park Avenue uh, r- rang the bills quite quickly after the statement was made. At a time when the NFL is dealing with all these issues about safety of the sport and the CTE and all these things, for him to make that statement, the general manager of one of the 32 teams, that's why he got in trouble for it, and that's why I'm getting on Doug Welly for it too. Not, it's not that's the end fair. of the world. He, he flubbed said, it up. He did, and he's done that before a few times. He- heck, last week he said, you know, Shaq Lawson's shoulder injury was not a concern three days before he underwent surgery. That was from WGR. I just want to give them the uh, proper credit before Brandon gets mad at me. You don't want to bet mad Brandon. No. I mean, I just I have everyone's back here. I don't want anyone to get any trouble, all right? Pick up the chisels. Uh, let's move on. The Eagles quarterback situation will be something uh, to track, obviously, all summer. But the staff might be preparing us for a situation in which Sam Bradford is not the team's opening day starter. This is what Jim Schwartz, the team's defensive coordinator, had to say. Uh, don't judge, uh, referring to Carson Wentz, on somebody else, and then all, and then also don't pre- predetermine the results of the race. Just let him go play. 
Maron, Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator, in an appearance on WIP-FM, had this to say uh, when asked if Bradford was the clear-cut number one QB. No, that's probably not the right impression. I've been around this business a long time as a player and as a coach, and one of the things I've really come to appreciate is it's not a contradiction to say you've got to have order because if you don't order, it's chaos. Uh, interesting because Doug Peterson, the head coach, has been very big about getting behind Sam Bradford at this time. I'm wondering if it's like one of two things, if it really was the kind of thing where uh, Schwartz kind of spoke in a stream of conscious way and then Reich actually didn't hear the comments until he was asked about it live on the radio. So he was maybe trying to mm. kind of flub an answer a little bit. But if it's the other way, if they're trying to kind of light a fire under Bradford and, and push Wentz along and make sure he's not complacent, I think this is kind of a fascinating little power play. <laughs> And I, even if it's not a power play, it's it's interesting to hear a defensive coordinator disagree with the thinking of the head coach, right? In any, in I mean, any. are are they really dis- disagreeing here? Well, I he, think what's going on here is common sense. Sam Bradford has never been established as some guy who's going to stay healthy for sixteen games and hold off the competition with a great sixteen game stretch. So they're saying if you don't play well, you've got pressure from Chase Daniel and Carson Wentz. Absolutely, but. Schwartz is saying he's not necessarily the week one guy. It's it's not a good policy to predetermine the results. What I really think is happening here is that because of what happened with Bradford, they had to put a, a PR spin. And even Doug Peterson doesn't necessarily believe that Sam Bradford is the number one guy going into training camp. But that's just sort of the public stance that they decided to make to calm the situation down, to make Bradford happy, and to shut up the Eagles media probably for a little bit. Yeah, my first reaction when I saw this was Doug Peterson can't be happy because a lot of head coaches don't even let their assistants talk for this very reason. I was going to say, this yeah. is why Bill Parcells <laughs> never let anybody talk. But it's also refreshing from a fan angle or a writing angle to hear these guys actually telling the truth instead of getting the Doug Peterson spin that they had from the beginning. Schwartz had to have talked for 30 minutes yesterday. Like, I I saw him up there talking. And in Philly, in Philly they'll just keep asking questions. I saw them up there talking, <laughs> left, like got lunch, came back, did something else, and he was still talking 25 minutes later. It was wild. What I liked about him, too, is I don't think that was a direct question to him. And Schwartz kind of dovetailed into this, like, side response about how, like, just blowing this whole thing wide open, which is fantastic. I love Schwartz in general, and he'll, he's definitely going to use the pulpit in Philly, I think, with a good defense to raise his profile. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's a guy we talk about a lot on this show for I, saying different things. I bet he gets a – if. I could see him getting a head coach job next year is what I was going to say because he helped rebuild the Lions to respectability. Then he killed it in Buffalo. I yep. said killed it. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> uh, and then Rex came and kind of pushed him out the door. Savage. And <laughs> savage, savage job by Rex. Savage move by Rexy. Uh, but now watch him do a good job here again. Eh, these guys get second chances. All right. Finally in the news, the NFL announced the locations for Super Bowl 53, 54, and 55 on Tuesday. It goes to – are you ready, Greg? Well, I know. Yeah, you know, know, you wrote the piece. <laughs> it goes to <laughs> Miami, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. There we go. And that means Greg's beloved New Orleans, his adopted home. If Greg could rewrite the narrative of his life, he would be from – he would grow up in a, a bayou. Well, if anything, or I'd be living there now. Like, you'd be wrapped in a bonnet. It's hard and to deliver strawberries in the bayou. In a bayou, like, right as an alligator is about to take you under, some some foster parents would come find you. In a fan boat. The beginning of your origin <laughs> story. <laughs> in a fan boat. 
Uh, no New Orleans Super Bowl, so that takes us through. It's Super Bowl 50 just happened. We can do a little math. Super Bowl 55 is uh, five years. Uh, so that's a long time, Greg, mm. before we even have a chance of New Orleans getting back on the grid, and I'm with you. That sucks. It's terrible. I mean, I, I appreciate the – the image you put in my head now, it's really going to stick there as me as kind of the kid in Beast of the Southern Wild. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. ever saw that movie. I got the vapors. Look at this boy. He's in great danger. Let's raise him as, as if he was our own. <laughs> it's not how we'll I teach him to love football. <laughs> not how I remember it exactly, but I like that. And word. pavement. It's ridiculous. Uh, Atlanta, got, <laughs> Atlanta got the first version, the first one coming up. And I think the article by Pro Football Talk today was very interesting that Miami almost didn't get it that that the vote between Atlanta and New Orleans was much closer than people expected it went to the fourth vote apparently mm. came down to a couple votes and that was because the owners were thinking there was enough owner a lot of owners thinking despite all the money that Miami put in and this is just a report from Pro Football Talk but uh, despite all that money uh, that they liked the idea of going New Orleans Atlanta LA and maybe cutting out uh cutting out Miami and Miami and Tampa Bay ended up being very close, but they got it. And it's BS. It's the best town. It's the best place to hold the Super Bowl. Should have it there every year. I was just talking to uh, downstairs, Matt Sawicki, who uh, is the biggest Jets fan down there that I know. And he was saying, oh, yeah, oh, Super Bowl's coming, coming back to L.A. It'd be awesome if the Jets were in that game. And I was like, well, first of all, <laughs> just making the Super Bowl is funny. But if the Jets ever actually got back to the Super Bowl, New Orleans would be the pick. I would love to see Jets Nation down in the French Quarter after a, a you know a, a, an amazing victory to break the curse of Broadway Joe. What a party that would be! There's a Jets Nation. Oh, it is a big fan base. <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your favorite spot? Miami is a fine Super Bowl city. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm really excited for Atlanta. I went down there to cover a game once, and I got tangled into like this speed bike convention that was at my hotel, and I had a great time. <laughs> if I go to Atlanta, I guarantee you I'm taking a side trip to Tybee. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's the closest one. Are you guys coming with me? We can record the podcast from Huckapoo. We would definitely have to It's only three seasons that. away. That's what I'm talking about. Well, hopefully we'll be around, guys. <laughs> uh, that's what's happening in the news. You never know. Everything changes. That's the one thing we can – well, a couple things you know for sure. We're going to die. Definitely that'll happen. And we'll, yeah. th- we'll get into that more in the death podcast. Oh, you don't think so? <laughs> yeah, Let's know. agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for the mortality podcast coming up this summer. Uh, and also, things change. That's the other thing that you know. <laughs> those are the two. That's it. Everything else, if you know those two things, you can get through this crazy game of life. All right. <laughs> what? Let's move on and talk about the perfect QB, Gil Brandt, NFL media senior analyst. There's something to shoot for, Greg, one day. Um, has written a really nice piece. I could, we could probably all just change all of our titles to senior analyst. Today. Yeah, would anyone I'm, notice? Would no one well, it just means like you're old, us. usually. Uh, but actually, Will Brinson is senior <laughs> analyst. Uh, he was just on the show. I Will's think I'm a old. senior editor, actually. I don't know. What does that make, Wes? Yeah, well. Junior editor. No. <laughs> No more junior stuff. All right. Anyway, so here's the piece that uh, Gil wrote. and We could talk about um, our own opinion on this. Uh, the perfect NFL quarterback, and he breaks it into looks like about 10 categories. So I'll just go through Gil's perfect quarterback, and you guys, all three of you, jump in um, with any disagreements or you know opinions that people might be interested in. 
that's how sports talk works. Just, I think, Connor, you haven't been here before. Just make it as personal against Gil as possible. That's yeah. just how we're going to do things. Gil's a very good guy. I'm kidding. We all, yeah. we all love Gil. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the perfect NFL quarterback would have the accuracy and touch of Drew Brees. Let me do like five here. Mm. The toughness and big playability of Ben Roethlisberger, the mental alertness of Tom Brady, and the leadership ability of Philip Rivers. All right, let's stop there. How do you guys uh, – so far so good? Or Connor, not into it. A little bit of a – I I don't know. I mean, I kind of I kind of just started picturing, like, what this person would look like, and then I just well, got – it's not a good-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, I, I got, like, super sidetracked because, you know, I would freak out with, like, <laughs> Drew Brees' head on, like, Ben Roethlisberger's body with, like, one Cam Newton arm. It would just be, like, the, I don't know. I anyway. mean, I think these all make a lot of sense. If I was looking for one of these to change, when I saw accuracy and touch, I mean, it's hard to argue with Drew Brees, but I would maybe give it to Phillip Rivers. would be another great I had Rivers, Brady, that. and Rodgers as three who would be alternatives. And for the accuracy and touch, you're accuracy. Yeah, that's why Philip Rivers was the first one to come to Philip Rivers. I mean, and Drew, I would put those one two in that category, so it, it makes total sense. But Philip Rivers is something else. Gil noted that last year he had Aaron Rodgers leading that category, but Rodgers did show some fits of uh, erratic uh, throwing last year. There was a lot of stuff working against him, of course, but I get why maybe he would be knocked out of this type of uh, conversation, at least for this year. Uh, let's keep going on the athleticism of Cam Newton. And I find it hard for anyone to disagree with that unless, Wes, you want to get on your Mar- Marcus Mariota train there. He was the one I had written it as an alternative, but I would take Newton number one. Yeah. The arm of Matthew Stafford. Ooh, Matt Stafford getting a little pop here. He's always had a strong arm. The running ability of Russell Wilson. The competitive competitiveness of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about that. Is he is Aaron Rodgers – I would go Tom Brady. I would go Tom Brady too, but I get why Gil did it for those Hail Mary throws. Oh, I know. I agree with Gil on this 100%. Aaron is probably one of the most twistedly competitive people in the yeah. NFL. I don't think it's and I don't think it's even close. Get, the leadership ability by the way to go back on Philip Rivers. I don't know. I don't know. I would take Brady there too. I think I would go Brady there. Arm of Matthew Stafford. I'm going to give it to Joe Flacco. Is is my I like that, Greg. I, I give it to Aaron Rodgers by yeah. easily. Because arm means arm talent, not just how strong it is. And Aaron Rodgers can throw from different angles, different footwork, on the run, any angle. He can make throws that these other guys can't that, make. That's why I think Flacco, I, and I get that with Rodgers, but why I'd take Flacco over Stafford, and I think he'd be a strong a strong guy to take this thing too, even over Rodgers. He doesn't have the mobility, but he can throw it in any sort of situation across his body in any way he wants to. I think the running ability of Russell Wilson was the only one here that's Uncontested. Yeah, that's inarguable. I what agree. about athleticism of Cam? I think you could make an argument for, for Mario. You could even make an argument for Blaine Gabbert if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, just wait, baby. You could make an argument for Andrew Luck. You could yep. make it for Russell Wilson there, too. By the way, the competitiveness of Aaron Rodgers made me think of um, the Bachelorette premiere this week and Jordan Rodgers, Aaron's brother, who was a quarterback of Vanderbilt and then kind of washed out, never really made it in the NFL. Uh, caught on with a couple teams for workouts, but then I don't think ever threw a, threw a pass in the NFL. But he is first of all, he was the um, the guy that was the he jumped out to the early lead. Wait, he's in the show. He's in the show. He's the bachelor. You no, know, he's one of the like thirty male contestants, right. and he jumped out ahead of all the other guys, uh, made out with JoJo. Ooh, and and then they showed like coming up on this season of The Bachelorette, and he's the guy that everyone hates. 
Everyone's like, oh, Jordan's not in it for the right reasons. And like, oh, I just want to punch that guy in his face. And then at one point, one dude. Who's As like, opposed to all the all the jerks there with pure hearts. Well, this is there's always there is always the guy that's doing well with the lady. And then all the other guys are telling Jojo uh, who, yes, uh, it was Connor pulls up a picture of Jojo. One of the most tremendous um, reality stars ever. I just want to say that uh, there's always one person that jumps out as. Uh, oh, he's not in it for the right reasons, which is translate should be translated as he's just trying to get famous. He doesn't actually love you. And it makes uh, you isn't every single person associated with that show? Well, going right. well, you can make that argument, but you know, Wes, I would love for you to watch that with me. Yeah, it's a great idea to find love on national television. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Didn't one of the contestants Jack in like answers. an argument call him a failed NFL quarterback? Yes, and that's, that's like part of the. To. Yeah, Ooh, he, you're gonna find your gen, your genuine, wonderful down-to-earth woman on national television on a reality show. You guys Our are man. incredibly lame. Listen, Wes, JoJo, I want you to check out JoJo before you make any decisions. There's no chance I'm watching The Bachelor. Of course. None of a Well, Dan is, but oh, the, I'm it. not. Uh, it's an interesting move from uh, Rogers, though. He didn't try to hold out to be the actual Bachelor. <laughs> He's just throwing himself in the mix well, with that's, 30 others. Back well, guess, it's also— Jesse Palmer got to be the Bachelor. Yes, yeah, sometimes you get picked, but one other—I've been watching a couple seasons now. The guy that comes in second place— uh, usually ends up the bachelor the next year, so he could actually be the bachelor. Okay. Parlay that, uh, but we'll see. He he. By the way, he calls himself a commentator slash media analyst, and I was like, where have we been seeing Jordan Rogers in He's this media landscape of ours? Four stringer on the River Hogs. So. <laughs> oh, is he still on the roster? Yeah, we keep him around. Yeah. A lot of people were asking for a Madden update, and Connor uh, told us over lunch, Wes and I over lunch yesterday that because of the the wedding and all you know house stuff we got going on that you haven't been playing a lot. So we don't we don't really have a true update at this point. No, nah, I mean, everybody needs an offseason. The Hogs have, you know, five straight Super Bowls. It's time to uh, relax a little bit. Right. <laughs> Plus you're an adult, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Frankenstein monster then. So that is uh, – so we all agree Gil did a nice job with the list, and, uh, you know, you could quibble with it, but a good job overall. Let's go the other direction now. Who would be... We're building a hideous monster? Yes, a hideous Frankenstein monster. It's like, mm, accuracy, bad. <laughs> Things like that nature. Things of that nature. Mm, mental alertness, bad. <laughs> All right, the perfect NFL quarter... Or, or the, now I know why Dan wanted to do this. The <laughs> terrible NFL quarterback would have the accuracy and touch of... This is easy. Greg had, to have had the same thought I did. Kaepernick. Yeah. I thought you were maybe going Whedon or something. But he, oh, you could go Whedon. But, that, but I would have went with Whedon. I mean, you've made jokes about Kaepernick hitting people in the head on the sideline and stuff. Yeah, that's true. He definitely has injured the most people that weren't on the field. RG3 <laughs> today threw a ball over a 16-foot fence and into a condominium complex, according to uh, the plain dealer. <laughs> Wasn't so. he doing that for effect, though? Because they told they were concentrating on getting See, him to throw the ball I, away instead is, of taking hits. This is almost this is cruel. This is a cruel exercise. But he, the other the other person that came to mind was John Skelton. E.J. Manuel. John Skelton. I mean, wow. that's that's right. kind of old, but he'd be like six yards away from you and you'd get like a fireball over your head. <laughs> All right. The toughness and big play ability, lack thereof. It's another, of. another easy one. Okay, go ahead. Sam Bradford. Oh. Got, you hit him and he's out for six months. Also, big play ability. Give me a break. Alex last year, Smith, they, they made some plays last Alex year. Alex Smith is criticized for throwing short of the sticks. Nobody checks down like Sam Bradford. Well, that's the thing. Alex Smith doesn't make the big plays. But Can't you, disagree with that. You got to give him credit for toughness. He's definitely. 
definitely tough. Excuse me there. We're basically trying we're trying to create John Beck, by the way. I just want everyone to know that. <laughs> Shanahan will start in week one. I'm literally the only person that takes shots at John Beck on a bi-weekly I basis. love it. Uh, yeah, Bradford will argue, hey, I played like 13 games last year. It's a start, buddy, but, yeah, no big playability uh, for the most part. Here we go. The mental alertness. Who has – no mental. No, this, see, this is this, this is, one could get a little cruel. This yeah. is dangerous territory. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, can I just give you a couple of anecdotes? Yes. How about the time two years ago when John Gruden just destroyed Jay Cutler's ability to yeah. diagnose plays at the line of scrimmage and call out the correct blocks to pick up blitzes? <laughs> Remember that? That was brutal. Also, yeah. the undefeateds takedown of RG3's pre-snap mm. and post-snap reads. Well, the the first name that did come to mind was the first one you said with that Gruden story. It just because you've heard you've heard different you've heard different things. But then again, actually, I, I heard Kyle Long said he's like the smartest. But it might be one of those football smart real life things. He said he's one of the smartest people he's ever. That met wouldn't in surprise his, me at all. Higher life. I mean, the guy went to Vanderbilt. You can't be an idiot and go to Vanderbilt. But uh, I guess it's football football stuff. You know, Johnny football. I don't want to pile on here. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are, are you watching the news? <laughs> I'm not sure he's okay. alert, period. Right yeah. now. I'll go with another guy out of the league right now uh, that could win both the lack of accuracy and lack Craig's of very nervous alertness. about this segment. Uh, Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. a guy that was dissecting defenses at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> put it that way. All right. A lack of leadership ability. I know Wes is going to jump in with Jay Cutler here. That You would think so, but I have a wild card here. Who? Look at the way things devolved, just descended into chaos in Miami last year. Ooh. With even the cornerback's wife taking shots at the quarterback's leadership. Interesting. Ryan Tannehill. To be fair, that cornerback's wife has a lot of opinions on a lot of things. but uh, <laughs> I don't think she was alone in this one. That wasn't no, the only no. controversy yeah. about Tannehill telling the practice squad guy. that What was it? Oh, that he makes more money. Yeah, that he makes so more money. This is basically guys that maybe aren't too popular. Well, that was denied vehemently. With I their believe. teammates. Not saying it happened. Connor, you've been in locker rooms. I want to hear your uh, thoughts on this. I don't know, man. You know, I, I I think that Ryan Tannehill is probably a good option there, just because they're so dependent on him being <laughs> who the guy. Less, I mean. Who has less leader? And sorry, Greg, who has less leadership ability than Geno Smith? <laughs> this guy oh, gets knocked out by his own teammate point. in the locker room. Good point. And after he gets his jaw broken, did you hear one jet? Well, maybe Brandon Marshall maybe got in his corner a little bit, but everybody was like, "Yeah, you know, things happen in the locker room." <laughs> Guy's got his jaw sewn shut. I remember like going there that day to try to like figure out what happened. And if you talk to like a couple of the players, they were like, "I mean, he owed him six hundred bucks," and like it, like it wasn't the cra- <laughs> like it wasn't the craziest thing to just like cold cock him. So after I I remember telling my dad on the phone about it when the news broke. This is like one of the 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 greater moments of infamy in Jets history that it happened. I was like. You know, and my dad was like over the phone. He's like, "Why did it happen?" I said it was over like six hundred dollars, like a plane ticket and like a car service. He's like, over six rocks. <laughs> rocks is a term. Yeah. Did you know that? No. No. It's a Bronx term. <laughs> Not in the vineyard, I guess. Oh please. <laughs> you know, uh, the coal town, by the way, that I grew up in. Untrue. I grew up in a farm town in Western Massachusetts. I actually great. did grow up in a coal town. Just so. Yeah, you were in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. We're all kind of in the same network. What was it like for you in your coal town? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, after the black lung, it was tough, you know, but we moved on. You know? I, yeah. I've got another well, leadership one that popped, popped to mind was Kaepernick got in a fight, right, with Alden Smith, and it later, oh, it later right. came out that he was dating Alden Smith's ex-girlfriend. Oh, so it's bad when you, date, when you date. Can't them. do it. Multiple Star reports that that locker room had a schism. 
So, so schisms. Love schisms. Uh, all right. This is a little bit of a mean game in retrospect, but we're going to keep plowing <laughs> through it until it's over. Uh, a lack of athleticism. So. Oh, this one's easy. Mm, no athleticism. Bad. The hey. mechanical man. Peyton Manning? Zach Mettenberger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Peyton's out of the league, but he would have been a good choice. Eli Manning. Brandon Weeden. Eli's more athletic than Brady. So athleticism isn't everything. But, yeah, Brady. All right. Although he's gotten better. He ripped off like that Actually, he's gotten a little better. Year. He's yeah. gotten better. Movement in the pocket. I shouldn't say that. That All big right. sea salt. Of established quarterbacks, you could throw in some backups, but the worst arm. I mean, Matt Schaub is is the first, the, the glaring one. But he, we can throw him out. He's had some surgeries. I'll I'll, I'll the throw three, out the three starters that uh, go ahead. Ryan Fitzpatrick does not have a cannon. Right, I have him, Alex Smith, and Teddy Bridgewater for the three starters with I arms. Think, you would want better. You would want a better arm than that. Yeah, I think Smith stands out there. And it, it was a weird little storyline in the middle of la- late last season. Like John Gruden, they were talking up that. Oh, he could throw some peas or something. I don't know. It was almost like the coach told John Gruden to say that or something. Kellen Moore would be a good one too. Shout out to Patrick and I who said that in our, in our bold predictions before last season that Alex Smith was about to get vertical. <laughs> what Hoyer, a- Hoyer would be another. McGloin. Um, Scranton, a yeah. lack of running ability. It has to be Tom Brady, right? I won't hear any other arguments. I think you could say Eli Manning or Philip Rivers. Even Bill Belichick like mocks Tom Brady's. Remember when he did the lacrosse interview? I'd like to see and Rivers and Brady. In the goal? Yeah, yeah. Ri- that's- Rivers is in that mix, but yeah, Brady. Yeah, I'm fine with it, Brady. Um. All right, and then finally, a lack of competitiveness. This Who's one, missing the fire? Come on, this one's easy too. Cup. Kyle Orton's out of league, so we can't go with him. But yeah. Who's the guy who didn't want to compete just a couple of weeks ago? Oh. Sam Bradford. Oh, you know what? Okay. It's fair. You didn't name me the starter. I'm taking my ball and going to Denver. <laughs> That's fair. Tom Condon deserves a bit of an assist here. That's a. I think we should just hand the award in perpetuity to Kyle Orton, though. <laughs> like you, you've earned a starting job on the free agent market. Why don't you go get a? No, no, no. I'll just take the Cowboys' backup job and sit back and enjoy life for a few years. I don't blame him, man. That's a great gig. His little Buffalo run, though, is one of the more amazing ends to a career. The fact that he came out of retirement in the middle of a season and won games for them, that's how I'll always remember the tough guy, Kyle. You should go back and watch those games from December when he couldn't get the ball even within five feet of Sammy Watkins. Uh, All right, so that's the conversation. Apologies to all the players that we just destroyed. I mean, (laughs) it's one thing to criticize a guy, you know, uh, but that felt it got a little too real there. Yeah, it felt weird to just randomly like go after Nick Foles' competitiveness for some reason. <laughs> like, what do I know about his competitiveness? It didn't feel right. So just understand that we were aware of that, but at the same time, we had to continue with the segment. All right, <laughs> finally, <laughs> we don't quit. That's a, that's a, uh, we get the competitiveness yeah, award. We're competitive. We don't quit savaging people. All right, let's now oh, – okay, here we go. Now this is what I've been waiting for. So excited uh, for this. Um uh, you know, or you kidding me is one of our uh, favorite uh, recurring segments. Uh, it allows Connor or usually on the phone from the haunted mansion uh, to get something off his chest because without Connor, we would be, you know, up S's Creek without a paddle because he writes all that great early AM content with Kevin Patra and uh, MVP. So what we do is we allow a Connor to, you know, 
what's grinding my gears right now? And that clears his head and allows him to keep working at a high level. And since Connor is here for the first ever live, or are you kidding me? You know, I thought it'd also be, this is a special day. So I reached out on our uh, independent um, instant messenger client. I will not, well, the name of it is, uh, it's run by garbage people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and said, who knows how to play guitar? I want to get a live guitar. Let's make sure we uh, uh, bleep out, please. Um, twice now. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> who knows how to play guitar? And and sure enough, someone responded from the second floor. His name is Patrick Kagongo. Bring him in right now. Uh, here he comes. Impressive. Impressive man. <laughs> All right, Patrick, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Can you put on that headset, if you would? <laughs> Uh, and P- Patrick responded to my ooh, my uh, instant messenger request um, and said, I can play a little guitar. And I, I, I first things first. What's up, Patrick? Good afternoon. How are you guys? Doing? Yes. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. And I sent Patrick, uh, you know, this is what this is what or are you kidding me is all about. And you, what was your reaction when you were listening to the segment? Was it a little uh, these guys are weird? Like, what is wrong with the, this is on the NFL's platform? Yeah. Um. You can be honest. Just another day at the job, really. <laughs> there you go. Have you ever heard of the Around the NFL podcast? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. I would good. hope so. Did right. you sell your soul to the devil at the crossroads to get this musical ability? <laughs> I don't know if I well, want to go Well, you haven't seen him play it. <laughs> but I will say that – who did that? That was the um, famous – Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson. Uh, yeah, Patrick knows his stuff. Not only does he – know know how to play the the guitar he plays it extremely well but he also repairs guitars we learned this is true he, you 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 give out lessons you do lessons and uh, things of that nature i've done lessons here and there but it's been a long time I've, I've been spending most of the last couple of years learning how to repair guitars so i started off with um just really basic things like setups yeah and things like that and uh changing out pickups and doing little custom things. And now um, I'm actually thinking about refinishing something, uh, which is a much more serious job. So this guy is a guitar a guitar nerd, but in the best way, right? He's a guru. <laughs> so it's, I don't know about guru. <laughs> so this is the right guy, Connor, is what I'm saying. And, uh, he's like, he's like the, this generation's Stevie Vai. I there wish. Actually, I do know a guy who uh, actually just came off tour with Steve Vai. And, uh, there we go. That's a humble brag. Perfect. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this, is, uh, this, this, this is interesting enough. This is, yes. uh, it's a fellow called Tosin Abasi. And we Tosin. both lived in um, Washington, D.C. around the same time. And he used to, whenever, when he, whenever he was off tour, he would crash at our friend's apartment, which was downstairs. And he'd always ask if we could borrow our internet uh, connection because he was giving <laughs> lessons online. Fast forward a couple of years, he's driving a Porsche and living in L.A. And mm. he just came off tour. I think it's like Steve Vai. And wow. Some of the, he's actually considered one of the best eight and nine. Did he pay it forward? Did he buy you guys a Porsche or anything? I feel like that would only be I'm fair. toasting. I'm still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the biggest m- moment, I think, of Patrick's musical career. He will be <laughs> handling guitar duties for our favorite game. Or are you kidding me live? Yes. Yes. Uh, and now it's time. <laughs> I'm just taking back and I'm just going to enjoy the rest of this segment. Uh, let's just later. What uh, you want to take some video? Uh, <laughs> what do you have to get off your chest this time, Connor? Now that you're in Los Angeles or are you kidding me live? I think for the for the for the first live one, I think we should really we should tackle the big problems, the biggest major issue in the United States, which was itches, 
inter-United States commercial air travel. We've got to ban all the airlines. Break them up. Ban the airlines. They're all terrible. All right. So why? Perfect. I was on my way out here, and uh, I was like 20 minutes into a documentary about Fabergé eggs, and (laughs) the guy trying to get out of my seat smushed the input cord on my uh, my brand-new custom Bose headphones and rendered them completely useless for the rest of the trip. Oh, man, that's my private property! (laughs) (laughs) That's messed up, man. I just think that you know. I, I think like I, I'm not meant to be out here. You know, like I'm 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 kind of uh, I've developed my I've evolved to the point where I can live in New Jersey. I can't. You're be a out married here, so. guy in the yeah. suburbs. You got a wife. You got a house. You got a mortgage. You don't need any of this LA stuff. You don't need it, and I don't think other people do. You just stay, stay where you are. Stay where you're comfortable. Never take a chance. <laughs> All right. What what else what else is going on? What else is grinding your gears right now? Here, you know. I mean, I'm out here, <laughs> you know, and this is just like it's not my scene at all, you know. I'm having, what? I'm Where we live or coming to work at the NFL media? What do you mean? I, I like the office. I like you guys, but but LA's the worst, man. LA is filled with plastic people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Cuz that to me sounds like a cliche, Connor. I mean, like, my phone doesn't work as good here. Um, <laughs> what? You know, Stupid. I hate that. Uh, yesterday, like, a cab driver did something, like, really, like, distractingly nice to me. And, like, there was nothing <laughs> that I could do about it. I, 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 there's just no there's no flavor in this town. It's got no heart. Well, you you do make – well, you're not making a lot of good points <laughs> here. But I will say that I was struck when I moved to L.A. that people are really nice, uh, almost uh, annoyingly so. Like the guy that works at the supermarket will be a little too nice where he's telling you like where the the green peas are. You're, you're talking that type of thing. It just gets on your nerves. Like you know when your mom always said to combat with kindness, but you didn't do it. But then everybody who did do it just moved out here, and so they all hate you, but they're also really nice to you. I can feel <laughs> that. I can tell. Uh, you, know, you know, Connor, what's your problem, man? Why don't you ever live outside your own box? <laughs> Any other problems with L.A.? Or I'm good, man. All right, so I guess I have just one. Uh, you have one more uh, thing to say, don't you? Or are you kidding me? <laughs> Beautiful. We jumped the shark in an amazing way. Oh, no, that was amazing, <laughs> Patrick. So what a what a performance! Yes, Patrick Kagongo. Is that pronounced correctly? Patrick Kikongo with the axe work, beautiful stuff. Hey, would you mind in a moment, because uh, we got to get out of here, uh, playing us out uh, of today's show, but I will say, Connor, uh, safe journey. You get to go home now. Don't worry. <laughs> You're happy you get to leave L.A. now. I'm thrilled, yeah. But you don't have to worry about ever doing, you know, the horrible movie segment again. So. Yeah, that's off my back, too. So <laughs> I'm just checking off all these boxes. <laughs> We've lost all Connor's bits this, visit, uh, this year. Uh, but safe journey back. That's it. We will be back. Uh, it is Memorial Day, actually, on Monday here in the United States. Uh, so no show next Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday, though, with a brand new Around the NFL podcast. Once what again. about uh, Thursday, tomorrow? Oh, I forgot about Thursday's show. <laughs> oh, that means there's so many days left. Thursday! Alright. Pat, don't rub it in, Patrick. <laughs> Sitting wait, this wasn't the play out yet. This wasn't the play.
playing. <laughs> Sitting in Connor's chair is, is vacated, but Colleen Wolf back in action. Connie Fox on Thursday show. Then Memorial Day. Then we'll be back on Tuesday. Now everybody knows what's going on with the podcast. Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Connor or you kidding me? The mailman, the boss, and the Irishman behind the glass. Patrick Kagongo, take us away, baby. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.